you're more likely to stay. You're more likely to be committed. You're more likely to be fully productive. You're more likely to work at 10 o'clock at night to get something caught up without being asked or being expected of you when that's appreciated. Are you a HubSpot user looking to stay up to date with HubSpot inbound and all the information that will make your job easier and help you and your company grow better? Each week, the spot brings you the HubSpot education, ideas, and tools that you need to maximize your success, make work just a little bit easier, and of course, brighten your day along the way. Listen in as Julie, Doug, Max, and George share their authentic, entertaining, and valuable conversations with the people who really matter. That's right, you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for your HubSpot journey heroes. Welcome to this week's episode of The Spot. Let's go ahead and start the episode with Ready, Spot, Go, and we're back for another episode of The Spot. And uh, you'll have to watch the very end of this because there's a clip that happened before we started that I'm going to make sure some segments of that actually show up because the first question that I want to ask today that we're going to help us dive into the conversation that we're going to have is, and I'm asking this of myself as well, but really I'm I'm curious to the answers that we'll get from the rest of the crew. Um, The question listeners, viewers, that I want you to ask yourself and that we're going to ask uh, the hosts today is, are you a people person by nature? Are you a people person by nature? What say you, crew? If you want the anthropological context of this, we're all people person by nature, right? Um, Damn, I like that. Yes. (laughs) So I could leave it there. what has happened is that we all interpret what being a people person is in different ways. Um, there's a reason why solitary confinement is such a controversial topic. And um, there's a reason, right, that we all need some type of human connection at some point. And then it just is a little bit more of a sliding scale. So um, I wouldn't say I'm not a people person by nature but I'm usually quite content in like a one-on-one setting or to spend a lot of time alone and then connect more briefly. Yeah. I'm thinking my, I think I I am a people person due to my upbringing. Right. I I don't don't know. I don't want to go like too deep into it, but like when I was growing up, like I didn't have a lot of friends, right? Like I was kind of the, the kid that a lot of people made fun of. Right. So like growing up through, you know, elementary school, all the way to high school, I was kind of just like a little bit of an outcast, didn't really have like a group of friends outside of like the people I played competitive paintball with, right? Like in my high school, like I never had like hometown friends, right? Um, I had like a couple here and there, but like not a lot. Uh, It wasn't until I went to college where I was just like, I'm not going to live that life again, right? And I completely burst out of my shell. And I think I'm sort of like overly a people person now. And like, I crave human interaction all the time because I spent the first like half of my life just being deprived of it. Right. So, you know, I tend to be a little bit more in people's faces and a little, little goofier than I need to be sometimes and start a little, uh, uh, session of, of therapy here for myself. But yeah, that's where I'm at. George, you look, you're going to say something. No, I'm waiting for you, Doug. I'm, I'm waiting for you. So I'm a, I'm a Linus Van Pelt. Um, kind of people person, um, peanuts, ever seen the peanuts, Linus? Uh, yeah. I love mankind. It's 
people I can't stand. Um, so I love humanity. People drive me a little bit crazy. Um, and it's interesting. I, I think I was more of what you typically think of as a people person when I was younger. I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten more analytical, gotten a little bit more, you know, I, I think as I, uh, so I naturally worry what other people think. Um, and, and it drove me insane close to that. And, you know, in many ways, um, and, and so I, I've spent a lot of my adult life, um, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's none of your business, what other people think of you, um, you know, the, all, you, you know, th those types of things. And I, and I've gotten increasingly comfortable with the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, I can only choose to be who I am. And, um, you know, that's, that's what I live in. And I think as I've moved to embrace that I am who I am, and I'm just going to kind of play that game. I, I think it's made me, you know, a little bit more aloof. So, so the, the interesting thing is George, I like my answer, my in, initial answer to the question when I saw it is, yeah, I think naturally I am a people person, but I think most people would look at me and what they know about me. I think that they would not necessarily think that because of what I think, I think we hear people person and we think extrovert. Um, and, and, and I don't think I don't like, I, I don't agree with that, but so that's my non-answer answer. Yeah, referencing a little bit of cartoon trivia for you. Yeah, there's there's I feel there's, that, Doug. there's so many good things that just happen. Like the fact that Doug used a Peanuts character last name, and we're like, who? <laughs> but if, if but if he would have just said Linus, we would have like, oh yeah 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 Peanuts, okay. Um, and and then uh, I'm sitting here trying not to get depressed because Max said the first half of my life in reference to high school, by the way. And I'm like, oh God, I'm old. Like, so, so there's so many good things that have happened thus far. So George, what, George didn't feel bad that, that Max was deprived of, of people interaction in the first half of his life. He just felt bad that like high school is less than the first half. I get it. Okay. No. I'm, like, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm old, I'm old, but, but no, no, actually I, it's funny because I really related to, uh, Max's uh, therapy uh, session at the beginning because I was the only kid that I knew that was on the chess club and played on the football team, uh, which made me a really weird individual that like most people didn't hang out with. Um, and the fact that um, my high school career lasted till ninth grade, like, let's be honest, like, okay. But, but here's the thing, what's funny. And, and when I started to think about typing this question out and, and and listening to the answers that you guys would have, I knew that I'd have to answer it myself. And what's fun is, Doug, I think I'm in a an alternate universe of you because I think most people would be like, oh, man, that dude is that people like he, he people, 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 people. Um, and in the right scenarios, yes, people like give me the inbound. OK, I'll take people uh, all day, every day. Uh, energy, extrovert. Yeah. When it's well, my people, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing, like, yeah. I could be a hermit. Like, I, like, there are days where I'm like, you know, being a monk wouldn't be bad. Like, I could just go be by myself. Nobody would talk to me. Uh, but then, you know, how long would that last? So there is, there is definitely this weird side to me of, like, I don't necessarily need interaction, but man, when there is interaction, I'm I'm all I'm all about it. 
which is interesting. And the reason that we went down this vein, yes, Doug, you opened your mouth, which so I, wanna, I think you're about to say. I want to, I want to just so because there's my my Angelo has a poem on this, and I and I forget the specifics of it. And Brene Brown talks about this a lot, actually, too. It's as you begin, you know, as you really grasp your journey, one of the things that you realize, and I, and and I this leads to imposter syndrome. It leads to a lot of the. You are you are of every you are of everything, and you are alone. Like so, you belong nowhere, and you belong everywhere, and it, like mm-hmm. that's kind of the you know the the the, the paradox of, of of living your life, if you will. And and I think I joke around with people, and I talk about I you know that the the land of misfit toys, and and actually my people are 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 the misfit toys, and and so when I was in high school. And, and, and before that, and, you know, Max, I played football. I played touch football by myself a couple of times because there was no one else to play with. Try that. Try throwing a pass to yourself when you're slow <laughs> and fat. Um, it's tough. Um, I've but, been there. <laughs> but, but, but what was interesting was, um, you know, I was sports editor of my high school newspaper. So I was on buses. I knew everybody on the sports team. I would talk to everybody. Um, I was, you know, I could walk down freaks row and talk to people while they were, you know, maybe doing things that they weren't supposed to be doing. So like I could be anywhere. Um, but I was never like, I never belonged there per se, but I was Mm. also the one that, you know, you know, kind of, kind of did that thing. And I, and I think that, I mean, to some degree, I think that probably describes the four of us. It's, it's interesting that maybe not, maybe not Julie, because she was super popular. Can I can I share something that I've noticed that like I've always like really wondered and, and and it's kind of like on, you know, that same realm of like being everywhere but nowhere at once. And like maybe this is insignificant, but like I've always noticed this and thought it was like super interesting when I would be when we were like when I was like in college, that's like mostly where like a ton of my social life or like the 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 highest concentration of like hanging out with groups of people and doing stuff took place. Right. Um, and I would always notice like if we were walking in a group somewhere, that's an amazing dog. If we were walking in a group somewhere, right. I, there would like the group would naturally sort of break into like two or three pods. And I would always notice that like, I was never in one of those pods matching someone's pace. I was always kind of like walking at my own pace. I noticed the same thing when I'm driving. I never drive like with a pot of traffic. People are either passing me or I'm passing other people. Like I'm never matching anyone's speed. And like, I'm not trying to, it, it's not to me, it doesn't feel like a whole, I march to the beat of my own drum type thing. And I'm so different and above everybody. It's more so like, why aren't I, like what's stopping me from naturally kind of like moving with those groups. And it's always something that's like confused me and made me ponder. And I've talked about it a lot in therapy actually. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever like noticed that or that happens to anyone else, but it always happens to me for some reason. It's weird. So hang I, on, yeah. I hang, can see any dinner hang table. Hang on, hang on. We got to pause for one second um, because I want everybody to pause. Yeah, we have to pause the uh, pun there. A- anybody who's listening to this <clears throat> and Doug, hold your thought, hold your thought. Anybody who's listening to this, no, uh, Max does not have some weird like communication problem where he's in the middle of a sentence. He goes, that's a nice dog. Like that's that's not a thing. Um, You would have to watch the episode and realize. It is a nice dog. Yeah, there there is a dog on screen that Penny has made uh, a, a guest appearance. Um, and Julie is literally rocking and and burping her dog on this episode of the spot. Uh, Penny Penny obviously is a people person. 
or a people dog, however you want to put that. Um, but I had to say that because I was losing my junk over here because it was like, you know, so I was in high school. Nice dog. <laughs> so wait, so I'm sorry that Penny is making an appearance. Um, Penny is deaf. She cannot hear. And she oh. got scared. And I am here. So I need to help her. And I need to put her hey. down now because she weighs about 45 pounds. Hey, dogs take precedence all the time. You don't have to, yeah. you don't have to apologize no or explain needed. anything. Dog. She's my sweet little pee. Dogs make but, the but world I, better. But I want everybody to know the motion that Julie is making right now. I did that with every single one of my children. Like that is the parental rock that she is like Pe Penny is loved. I'm just going to say that. Now, Doug, you were getting ready to dive in. So hopefully you didn't lose your thought. Yeah, so I was, I was just going to piggyback on on Max and 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 you know give my experience. I mean, I could sit at, at pretty much any dinner table in any situation, and um, the group to the left of me, the group to the right of me, the group to the left, right, and you know front, right, and etc. They'll break into individual conversations. And one of the things that I've always noticed is I've never, like I'm, you know, you'll have these two or three people, and they'll be in conversation the entire dinner. Um, I'm never in one of those. Um, oh, me yet, too, Doug. Yeah, I go in and out of all of them, right? I'll come in, I'll come out. And, you know, and some of it is, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I don't know, you know, it's attention. I mean, my answer to you, Max, is that's just, you know, uh, why do you do that? Because that's just, you know, that's kind of who you are. That's why, yeah. I mean, to some degree, why, why, why do you love being in the trainer role? There's, there's this aspect of, you, you, you know, you love to facilitate. There, there, mm -hmm. There's a breadth to that. Um, you, if you think about, you know, the, the nature of your interest is just kind of all the things that go in um, that, that, that make you kind of that facilitator yeah. piece. And yeah. so again, so, it's, it's a very interesting place to be because you're, because you can go anywhere, but you belong nowhere. So exactly. I, I have thoughts, I have thoughts, but I want Julie, Julie, I want, I want you to brain dump on where we're at right now. Cause this is so fascinating to me. And then I'll circle back around and I have a couple of things. Oh, brain dump. I don't know if I have a, a brain dump on this. Um, I often also find myself in the same situation. I think it's a little bit different for me. Um, kind of opposite from you, Max. Um, I, when I was very young, we lived in like a condo community with young families. So I had a lot of really close friends. Um, we moved and we moved to the same town, but very quickly, some of those really core friendships in my life just ended. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really have a place to rebuild them. It was like kind of middle um, elementary school at that point. Um, and I never really stepped into a lot of permanent friendships from there. So I think I learned pretty early that friendships aren't necessarily something that need to carry with you forever. So I've always sort of kept people at arm's length, right? You put that protective coating on it and you say like, great, like I understand that we're going to be real good friends right now. It doesn't mean in five years, like I'm going to be in your wedding. Mm -hmm. When you have those friendships, you take them and you treat them like the most little precious glass ball. And like you engage with people in all the right ways. And those are the people that when you're in a group, you keep pace with, right? And it doesn't matter yeah. if you haven't taken a walk with them in five years, you're back in. Um, and I've always thrived more for those moments than for you know, like being in the group. Anytime there's a group, I always feel in between. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also often happy to be in between. Yeah. 
So it's it's interesting. I'm I'm learning so much uh, about myself during this conversation, but also about you guys. Um, a little unknown fact is I actually had moved about 22 times uh, by the age of 15. So Julie, very much like wow. you, friends didn't become like this must-have thing. Like my wife has a friend um, who, to this day, they are still friends. Like and and it was like when they were four years old to today. I don't have any of that because I quickly had to make new friends in whatever scenario I found myself in that I was moving into because my dad was in the military and then went to college and um, also from a blended family. So went to try to live with this family and go live with that family and all of those things that, that happened. So it's interesting to hear you say that and go, oh my God, like, yes, I there is this like Heisman kind of thing that happens mentally um, to, to human beings. Now, here's, here's the other thing I want to wrap back around and say is, Max, I'm curious. <clears throat> If you like facilitating and training because you understand fundamentally that eventually there'll be new people. Because one of the things I love about training is I realize that with onboarding, it's for 60 to 90 days. And eventually I'll get new people that will be coming into the fold that I'll be able to get to a certain point and they'll go away and there'll be new people that will come into the fold. And, and so there's this, there's this level of freshness, this level of almost comfort which, by the way, as I'm talking about this, ties back to the fact that I moved 22 times by the age I was 15 and it was always new people. So that's a comfort level for me, yeah. which, which is right. So that's interesting that that's in there. But I want to say one thing that for all four of us that for me was mind blowing. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a gentleman, his name's Michael Port. And the reference that I'm going to go into here is from the book Steal the Show. And he talks about how many uh, human beings, communicators, educators, teachers, by the way, all four of us on this call, they have this uh, weird phenomenon that they can go into, which he calls the chameleon effect. And it's this ability to uh, authentically transform into being who you need to be for the said scenario. Right. And so if Julie needs to transform into the, you know, uh, working out fitness person for who she's hanging around with, she can. However, she can come to the table and she can sit next to the CEO of CEOs and, and fit. Doug, you can go into these different conversations at the dining room table. Max, you can, you know, go and, and position because we have this ability to become who we need to become in the moment. And what's fun about that for me mm -hmm. is I had always thought, man, I'm like, there's something wrong with me because I'm like a perpetrator. Like I'm, I'm faking it till I make it in all of these different places until I read that book and realized, oh my gosh, actually, no, I'm authentically becoming who I need to be to facilitate that conversation or the people that I'm around. Why in God's name are we talking about this? That's what everybody is thinking right now. They're like, what? Why are we listening to a therapy session? Here's the deal. Today's topic, we're talking about working Because it's remotely. our show. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Because we can, dang it. No, it is because we want to lean into working remotely. So let's switch into, now you know us a little bit better. Uh, we've gone through this pandemic. Some of us have done it before. A lot of us are working remotely. There's this whole scuttlebutt on the internet of like how many people don't want to go back to work and how many people do want to go back to work. And so I wanted to kind of bring in, you know, our thoughts on working remotely. What have you learned? What have you changed? What would you tell people? 
just really a, a mega brain dump on how you navigate uh, the lack of people physically, digitally. So let's dive into it. Who wants to go first? I haven't worked in an office full time since 2013. Mm. Um, I spent two years or so as like a hybrid worker and then was full time remote after that. So uh, I feel no need to ever go back into an office. Last time I worked for an extended period of time in an office was December 2019. Um, and that was when we all went down to HQ at Impulse Creative for like a, a work week. And every night I had to stay at the office late because I can't get anything done with so many people around me anymore. So a year of remote work is like exactly what I'm here for. Like a year, more years, fantastic. Let's keep going. What has been different for me over the last year is I used to work remotely alone. It was just me. Um, since everyone is currently remote, pretty much everyone's still in New Jersey, it is no longer just me working from home alone. So I never used to use headphones when I worked, for example. Um, I was in Zoom calls all day and it was just computer audio, like bumping through, let's do it. Now I have AirPods because I need to have headphones during the day because I'm not the only one working or the only one trying to do things. The positive side of that for me is I'm also now not the only one home all day with the dog. So while we do all love Penny, sometimes you're on calls for six hours and she needs to go out and, you know, having that help is really nice. I think for me, the human engagement in our days just needs to be more intentional now because you don't like mm -hmm. run into someone. You have to make time to, to talk to someone, but my life's been like that for a, for a long time. Mm. I, I love the idea of intention um, and making yourself reach out or schedule time to spend. And I think being smart about that. I, I love that. I can go, I guess. Um, so I'd never worked remotely before this. I didn't even understand or could really fathom the concept of like working from home because every single position I've ever held in my life prior to coming to HubSpot was either like in a retail store or at a camp or something like those were jobs like you absolutely had to show up to do going from from that to to being at home all the time like it definitely had uh some ups and downs and i definitely am still like doing a lot of learning like i haven't figured there's a lot i haven't figured out uh spending a year back here because i think it's like you're, you're not just like spending a year working remotely. You're spending a year working remotely while the world is like crumbling around us, right? And there's so much going on. And it, there's a lot, I think, to distract you from like meaningful learning like of this experience too. But I, I'd say like the number one thing I learned when I was gone is I learned how to actually be a father, right? When I had my first kid, I was still commuting into Boston. Uh, and that was like that, that commute was taking an hour and a half every single day on the tail end of my work week. And I'd, you know, be showing up at eight 30, leaving at like five 30 or six, you know, just cause like when I was there, I'd always want to make the most out of it. And, and, you know, I'd end up coming home like after dinner and stuff. And I missed Eliza basically growing up, which was awful. But now like with Audrey and she's here and I get to see Eliza every day, like I get to witness them grow up. And I also get to understand like the motions of being a day-to-day -day father who's here all the time versus like I pretty much was relying on my mother-in-law my wife to raise my children and I was gone and that was like a super tough pill to swallow right so I think I've learned a lot about being a dad which has been a, a really great blessing out of all this just chaos that's happened 
Um, but I think in terms of like work though, I think I used to also think that like showing up was like 50% of the job. And now it's like, since there isn't that element of being able to like show up anymore, I think the quality of the work that I do, I'm focusing on much, much more, right. Versus just like, you know, the minimal viable product or whatever it is, you know, because the way I show up now is like bringing great work to the table and like trying my hardest and like, you know, showing that I'm still able to function, like, even though I'm, I'm here and doing this job in a different capacity. Um, I also learned a ton about zoom facilitation. Like I was not a strong facilitator on zoom prior to all this. Um, and then luckily I got a year long crash course of doing nothing but that. So, um, where I was like extremely uncomfortable with that before, I, I, I don't think we could, I could even go back into the classroom after this because I just think zoom is just far more like superior now for, for at least the type of training that like we have to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a lot. I, I'd say like, I don't know if we're going on to like the advice part down there, but I'd say like for anyone who's, you know, producing a, a product at home, right? So for me, it's like the videos that I do, I do the streaming stuff on the side. Um, you know, I'm facilitating on zoom all day. I would say like invest in your, in your battle station, right? Like make it so, you know, when you're actually putting out your, your product, which is, you know, you on a zoom, are you working remotely or like whatever it is it has to do with that? Make sure like you're in a comfortable spot, make sure you've got everything visible to you and, 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 emulate as much of a face-to-face -face meeting as you can. Right. And, and, and put some work into it. Um, and cause that, that part's fun for, for me at least. Right. And it just makes me more comfortable to be able to do this and not let technology be like a hindrance, but yeah, it's been a Max, while. Max, it's, let, let's pretend it's 2022 and we're months past the vaccine has taken yeah. hold. Are you going back to, um, one front street? I've been thinking about that a lot. And, um, Honestly, man, like I value the time here with my kids so much more that I can't imagine taking that away, you know? And like, I, I think I do my job better from here than I did when I was like exhausted on my commute going in there and, and coming from home late. And so if I can like, you know, keep delivering it from here, I'm, I'm going to stay here. Yeah, I think I might be, I think I may have converted to someone who works from home now. Max, so, I just got I just uh, gotta say, hang on, Doug. You can go. This is gonna take be real quick. Max, I just wanna say I love you, brother. I, I, I love your transparency. I, love you I, I love that you're open to talk about this. I I love that uh the mentality of hashtag family first. I, I love that. Doug, go ahead. Mm -hmm. So I I've worked remote from from the beginning. I was in sales, then I had an office for a while that where, that I ran. Then when we went remote, I actually found I was a much better manager remotely than I was when we were live. And one of the reasons was I had to communicate intentionally, which meant I stuck my nose into things that I shouldn't have stuck them into less. And oftentimes I thought that I was communicating something because I was, because everybody was there when I said something. So I assumed they all knew it. And um, I found that, that, you know, I had to be more purposeful. So it actually had, I, like I said, I was, I became a much better manager because of that. I'm going to, I'm going to hit a couple of things to take the other side of some things that were said here to hopefully make this more relevant. Cause I think episode 21 is going to be one of these is not like the others. <laughs> this is our, this is our couch episode, George. Um, so w first thing is, on one hand, I think we all have to acknowledge that that in many ways it is unfair for us 
to talk about what working remotely means because we have worked at companies and we work at companies right now that have fully and totally embraced and accepted what that means. And there are a lot of places, you know, it, it's, it's easy to say, you know, do this, do that, have this, have that. You're at a company that, that doesn't get that. I know one of the big issues, George, I mean, sorry, you know, Max, you brought up, that's a huge shift is because you said, I used to think showing up was half, was half the battle. I still think showing up is half the battle. I think what's happened is what showing up means has, mm -hmm. has been different. And I think you hit a great point. Like it's quality, man. I got to put it out there. Well, yeah, you do. But how many companies don't realize that part of the showing up thing was you were there for 12 hours. Yeah. If you think about it, certainly when you bring, when you factor in your commute, well, you can't bring it for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so like I know people that are working remote that are, that are massively exhausted because they're still expected. There, there, there's been no under like you need to bring that quality because otherwise it's like nothing, but there's still the expectation of the same quantity. And, and, you know, I, I think it was the head of Shopify who said this, he said a human has five to six hours of creative energy per day. That's all they have that you can, you can do something creative five to six hours. My hope is they, they dedicate three and a half to four of those to Shopify. I thought like that was the single best explanation from a leader of work-life integration. Like you're not here for me, but yeah, we got, you got to take care of yourself. You should have your passions. Um, and I think that plugs in really nicely in, 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 into a remote environment. Mm -hmm. I, I'll tell you what, what's scary. I love remote. How would I have felt about it when I was um, 22 years old and I just graduated from college? Oof. Right. Because um, by the way, I'm an introvert. And, uh, you know, I see my son. My son's adopted to working uh, remotely. He loves it. He's always had a very small group of friends. Now, it's interesting because this whole Zoom thing has actually helped him stay in touch in ways that that I. So, so in some ways, he's actually more engaged. He's in a, you know, he's married. So he kind of had that aspect of the social component. But how many people meet the person that becomes their significant other? at work or through some at work activity, going out to the bar afterwards, getting invited to this party that, that introduced, you know, like, and, and like, that's a major aspect to our, you know, that, that, that's that transitionary tribe that I think has to be addressed. Um, the other thing, and, and like, I think at Imagine we do this okay, but I know it's what I think about constantly. Um, and it was interesting too, because George, you said, I liked the intentional and yes, you have to have intent. You have to make sure that you reach out and you check in and you touch in. By the way, I get to say good morning to my team and they don't feel like I'm being sarcastic when I say that. Whereas when I would remind myself when they walked in the office to say good morning to somebody, because I wasn't actually paying attention to saying good morning, even though I meant it, it didn't sound like that. So like that's right. If you, if you get what I'm saying there, but the thing that's missed is the unintentional interactions and the magic of the unintentional interactions. Mm -hmm. The magic of the debate, and, and I will say, like, uh, I mean, if you think about diversity, if you think about inclusion, and if you think about it from a socioeconomic standpoint, you know, I was a fat Jewish kid from Bowie, Maryland, who showed up, was looked at as a cocky you-know-what, right? I showed up. Who is this guy to walk in? I mean, I remember I was at Hertz. I was 22 years old, regional sales manager at Hertz, acting like I owned the place. Who is this person to be coming in like this? But you know what? Because it was there, 
and and the conversation and wait oh wait this what this guy's doing it works wow look at this guy's numbers right if if we had been purely remote and i didn't have that opportunity to be there when the vp was there to get into a conversation i don't know that i would have gotten to where i've gotten certainly in the path but i and and like i would have gotten here no matter what cuz like that's who i am that aspect of of being able to show that aspect of you're sitting in the lunchroom and no one says anything for 40 minutes and then someone says something as they're getting up to leave and that fire so and i might even fire something like 2 days late right those those magical moments like that's the problem with virtual events you know what i think the quality of the content of events has gone up because they've understood it but you know what events were never about the content anyways cuz what the hell are you going to say in a 45 minute session to a bunch of people who work there that's you know that's going to have that dramatic of a change in their life it's the running into people having this you know all, all those accidental pieces you know hopspot just did their partner kickoff what did i miss i missed that you know they had they did a good job with their like direct message this and you like they made, it was actually really nice in in the sense of what they were doing but you know tripping across somebody or somebody that ended up sitting down. I mean, George, you and I, would I wouldn't be on this show if we weren't in the same place and it happened to be, we were sitting there and you said something. And I said, you know, all, all those things come about. And right. that's the, that's the piece that like uh, you, all the talk about remote. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm so sick of it. It's so like, let's, let's like, I get from a work standpoint, like if I'm Katie Burke, that's a huge issue figuring that out what does that mean what do our space like that's a big big thing but all this conversation remote is the thing or like that's just everyone trying to feel and ride the wave about you know whatever um but there but there are these elements that that you look at and you say okay let you know let, let let's carry this out you know i i, I think that there's there's a lot that needs to be I, I mean, Max, I agree with you. Yeah. We can't really learn a whole lot from this year of remote because it's been a year of remote in pandemic, political, racial, and socioeconomic distress to the level that the last time we saw this was the 1960s. Yeah. And we wonder why everyone in the 1960s did drugs. Yeah. I'm sorry. But- am I allowed to say that on this show? Um, so, so I think there's a lot out there to, and I think we just kind of have to, like here's my here's my number here's my piece of advice. Remember what's important, and and accept it. I I think the best thing I know I'm rambling right now. I think the best thing that's happened is we don't get mad when someone's kid interrupts a call. Mm-hmm. We're like no no let them sure let them come in and wait. Like it's I I get scared when this is done. We're going to be back to who's that kid interrupting? It's like no that kid. Yeah. You know why you're on this Zoom call? Because of that kid. Because of that dog. I, I used to worry that my dog barked in the middle of a call. Now my dog barks and people are like, no, no, let's listen to Darby. She's more interesting than you are. Um, that's a co-host issue. But yeah, so I, I think you just got to like, let's, the, the, the biggest thing is all the extraneous hustle, cultural. I, I love that it's totally cool that we can be having this conversation wearing t-shirts and 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 people don't think about that like they used to. Mm-hmm. Um Let's let's focus on what's important and be, you know, I always you being you. And that's my that's my advice, whether we're remote or yeah. we're all stuck in a cattle car. Yeah. Thing. It's like your 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 personal life and your professional life have almost completely, almost completely blended together at this point. Right. And and kind of going See, off. I, what think you they, said. Well, I think they always have been. 
I like this whole thing about work-life balance and stuff. It's like, you know what? You know, on one hand, yeah, I want there, I want to be there for my kid and I don't want to miss all of his games, but you know what? I do want to miss some of his games. I want my kid to see that I'm so passionate about something that I'm going to be out of town on mm-hmm. something that he thinks is important. And you know what? I want him to be passionate about it too, because as much as I say, I, I live for my kids. I don't live for my kids. I, I, I live for me realizing that I'm, that I'm a piece of a bigger whole and I've always believed in put your mask on first. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that what's happened is like, I think the biggest thing that has happened with remote, because we can see where your wife works when she's teaching her English class while we're talking about this is this mirage of, well, there's professional. I mean, for me, I've never really had that, but you know, most people there's professional dog. And then there's, what, and we're all like, oh, wait a second. We're all the same people. We're all dealing with the same crap. Um, I hope that sticks. I, I'm scared it won't. Yeah. I yeah. hope that sticks. Yeah. And that's, that's, if, if there's anyone out here who's like a, a trainer of new hires in any situation, um, the one thing that I've been doing is like the very first part of my spiel when I get on with, with new hires is like, hey, we totally understand that this is not the normal working from home situation. Like not only are you working from home, you are a caregiver from home. You are watching your kids at home. Maybe your pets sitting at home. There's, there's a million different scenarios that we can imagine. And we know it's probably not just you there. What I want everyone to do is just like, don't be afraid when you're, when you're, when your real life spills into your work life. Like don't be embarrassed that your dog's barking or that your kid is coming up and grabbing you. If you have an uncle there that's curious and wants to sit in and hear what this whole HubSpot thing is about, he's totally invited, right? Like for me, it's about getting them as comfortable as they can, because like, think about how uh, gut-wrenching and scary it is to start a new job in the regular world. But then think about how weird it is doing it remotely in the times that we're living in right now. So for me, the best piece of advice for anyone who's doing like training is just like, you got to make people feel comfortable because this is a, on the other end of the Zoom is a very uncomfortable place to be, I think, on your first day. We had snow. We had snow that school days. And I know Katie brought this up at HubSpot and I, and I commented this on Twitter. Um, and they said, you know, be extra understanding because, you know, now not, not only is, you know, now, now the kids are home without even their online classes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and what's interesting, and I get it, right. I mean, totally, totally legitimate, have that extra piece of empathy, but, but you know what, when kids go back to school fully and you have that snow day, and especially if you think back to the days when we were in the office, well, that was even more distressful because you know what, at least, at least you're at home now. Yeah. Well, well, you go back to pre pandemic, you had people that, you know, they couldn't take that day off and the kid, you know, two hours late would, was, was, uh, you know, a travesty. And there's a piece of me that says, because of everything going on right now, we have that understanding. Well, guess what? That type of thing is going to be worse when we get back to normal. Yeah. We, we need to, are we going to, are we going to maintain that empathy to understand the, the wholeness of people? Like I know HubSpot will, I know impulse will, I know imagine will. You know, we're still, I mean, we are so lucky because we live in such an echo chamber of businesses that really do understand and appreciate the the wholeness of the person, not just because they believe in the mission of the wholeness of the person, but they also understand that it's the right thing to, like, if I didn't believe in the wholeness of the person from a selfish business standpoint, 
you're more likely to stay. You're more likely to be committed. You're more likely to be fully productive. You're more likely to work at 10 o'clock at night to get something caught up without being asked or being expected of you when that's appreciated. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but that is still very much the exception. And, and I think, you know, it's too easy for people to, to think of this in that perfect realm. And that's, you know, yeah, that, that's what I think about. Julie, closing thoughts, Julie. You know, I think if, if nothing else, the last year, I hope, has helped us see our coworkers, clients, partners, vendors as humans, not business humans. And I, I think, Doug, that's really what you've hit on in terms of empathy and all of those things. Like, I want to see your baby. I want to see your dog. Like, I will allow you to show me your cat. I don't understand it, but by all means, like, I want to see your plants. I want to hear about like how your cactus sprouted a flower, like tell me everything. Um, and I think that starts for companies, not just in onboarding Max to your point, but also like I'm hiring right now in my interview process. I'm like, Oh, you want to show me a picture of your kid? Like, I'm not going to ask for a picture of your kid because I can't ask you if you have kids, but if you want to share that with me, I would love to see your babies. Like, yes, hit me up. Um, I'm, I'm here for it. So Human, human first is a privilege that I'm really happy to have, but I know that it is a privilege and I hope that it's something that more, um, more people are able to experience in their work lives. Love it. On that note, hey, you know, we're on the socials at Real Julie D, at Doug Davidoff, at Max Jacob Cohen, at George B. Thomas. Share a picture of your dog, your cat, your kids. Use hashtag the spot, hashtag the spot podcast. Let us know you like this. By the way, I'm just going to close this out by saying thank you for sitting on our couch for the last 30 to 45 minutes. And we'll see you in the next episode. Right. Max, man, you got look like you got some like back end production crazy shit behind you. That's some funky stuff. We've yeah. rotated. This, this is my uh my wife's uh I, I did like a little work from home setup for her because she teaches uh her English classes at home on Wednesdays. They're doing like a hybrid thing. So she's gotta do the whole remote work thing. And I figured it's like a nice little backdrop for my stream and videos I do and stuff. So yeah. That's cute. Go. Yeah, and the colors are like alternating, so they just like slowly change like through the whole cycle. Mm. Yeah, and you've got the winter look, change mm-hmm. the aesthetic. I do. The other thing I have. Hold on one second. You gotta love art. Sir, I didn't mean to. I Wait, are you recording, George? Because this is really perfect for this episode. I, I I actually am recording. I don't know if you can see it, but I've got like a galaxy Ooh. lamp over Ooh. here, oh, so it shows yeah. like the galaxy, and it just kind of like spins. So I'll get oh, that yeah. one going too. Yeah. yeah. She when she comes down and teaches, she just moves all of this stuff and just destroys my background. So like I have to reset it every single time. This <laughs> Yeah. Small price. I pay. would argue that maybe your stuff affects her ability to teach and Most she likely. is reclaiming her space. Yes. Those those lasers in the eyes are not pleasant. <laughs> mm.